Uh, get the crystal ball out, guys. Get the fog machine rolling. Some Michael Jackson thriller in the background. Is that your predicting music? Is that the music you listen to when you make predictions? If by occasionally you mean on the daily, then yes. <laughs> um, there's a hotline, I feel like, Clint, that you... <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners are going to start tweeting us number, the, just a 1-800 number. 1-800-GET-HELP-NOW. It turns out the West End Zone revamp included a tunnel, a teleportation tunnel. No. You, ha- you had me at DeAndre Baker. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, week three of the college football season is in the books. Yeah, it is. It was a kind of a sleepy 49-7 to victory. Was that the score? 49-7? to It's now Sunday night and I can't even remember the score. Of the Georgia game. Uh, it's okay, Daniel. I think we understand what you mean. Uh, I think what you understand is uh, we crush them. Uh, a flying horse with wings does not beat a bulldog on the field. That is uh, accurate. Asher was correct. Asher close again on his prediction, and you and I easily got our cover that we decided to lock up for our Thursday bet segment. So That's really all that matters. That's, That's all real- that matters. <laughs> Georgia got the win. Yep. Daniel and Clint and all the good people that followed our advice got the cover. That's How's what that we're money? trying. How's that money doing, people? Just can't wait to spend it. Can't yeah. wait to spend it. That's true. All right. Um, uh, well, let's let's jump into it. Um, uh, we're gonna we got a lot to cover. We're gonna talk about the game from this past week. Um, uh, we're going to look ahead to the rest of the season. We're going to make some predictions. We're going to make some uh, educated guesses about the okay. way that the rest of the season is going to play out. We're going to look back at some stuff that we have said on this podcast to this point. We've said uh, a lot. We, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we are not at a shortage of words on this no. podcast give us enough rope um, we will hang ourselves with that what is we correct say. so so we are going to look back and and uh assess the validity of some of the statements that we have made yes and then maybe get to a, a few thoughts from around college football to end the episode but clint let's start where the bread is buttered let's start with the only game that matters from the weekend georgia came in at noon Yep. And they did not pitch a shutout, nah. but uh, and it was not always pretty. It was pretty sloppy in the first half. It was, uh, but they dominated our game. That we really imposed our will. It feels like on Middle Tennessee. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, to your point, the mental miscues, the penalties the assignments and the guys running on and off the field. But I don't think I've ever seen a game where we where we had multiple offsides on kickoffs yeah. before. Oh my word. I mean, what in the world is happening? I, where I I have no idea. I have no It's the same play every time, fellas. It's just it's the kickoff. You don't even full full disclosure. Right. You don't even have to run. Right. Hot Rod Hot Rod kicks it out of the end zone every time. Every time so, Hot Rod is banging that thing through the field goal posts like it's a field goal. Uh, I don't know why we couldn't keep on sides. I don't know why we had those mental miscues. But I do know this. Even with all of that, we crushed the will of another opponent. And it's Middle Tennessee. I get it. I, I don't care, though. Anytime, because if you look across other people, there were other games that good teams should have been crushing 
their opponent. Mm-hmm. We did that mm-hmm. in amazing mm-hmm. fashion with a bunch of bonehead plays. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, I think my biggest takeaway from the game is this. Last year, about this time, we began thinking and wondering our defense could be just record setting on a lot of fronts for us. And I always felt like if our defense was put on the line to make a stop, we would do so. We would come through and it would happen. This year, I don't have that feeling about the defense, but I have that exact same feeling of our offense. I don't Mm -hmm. think there is anybody I am threatened of stopping us on offense whatsoever. I I can't think of a team that we can't exploit with, I don't know, pick, go ahead, pick door number one, door number two, door number three at wide receiver. Go ahead. You, you make a choice. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, running back. You want to do the same thing? Go ahead. Make it, what choice you want. Cause Brian Harrion said, don't forget about me. Yeah. The, the versatility to your point of the ways that we can score points and the ways that we can beat people is uh, it's extremely exciting and not to jump ahead to the, uh, to the fact-checking portion of the show, but you and I were both, you and I were both, pretty optimistic about that coming into the season. But not even we I, I don't this. think, could have expected. And and look, it's it's three garbage can teams. It's three nobodies that we've played. We've played three cupcakes so far. Yes. Okay. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. By the way, week we, two, I forget that was that was South Carolina, wasn't that? It was Coastal Carolina or South Carolina. Like it was that. somebody, okay. and I can't okay. remember. Yeah, but a cupcake, nonetheless. Three cupcake schools, so I get it. We haven't played a real team yet, okay? We haven't played Vandy yet. <laughs> we haven't played a real SEC East team. Um, we we have only played Will Muschamp um, and this probably the be- the second best team behind Vandy in the state of Tennessee, to be fair, to be this fair. last week. Uh, but, uh, but the offense man looks so darn good. I mean, both you and I were on the record as saying that Elijah Holyfield was making us a little bit nervous going into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked okay, I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I guess he looked okay. When, when you just shed blockers, like you're just drinking water and you just don't care who's no. coming your way. You just shed shed guys off. Do uh, not care. No. He looked every part of a man running the rock with a vengeance. It was that was thrilling. Talk about thrilling. The holes that were open for him, the O-line leaning on people, making them sweat and breaking them come again the third quarter out of half and watching Elijah run for days was yeah. exciting. And I just to your point, I just can't. I can't recall a time when we've had so many weapons on the outside that you feel so good about getting the ball. Um, it's going to be exciting to see how the season plays out. It's going to be exciting to see uh, what kind of numbers this offense can continue to put up as we get into conference play. Um, as we get farther into the season, I, I don't know. I just don't see a scenario where unless we turn the ball over a bunch, I just don't see a scenario where we're not, where we're losing a game because we can't score. No, I can't either. Yeah. Guys, I, I don't I don't know if you understand. I know a little bit about Georgia history. Uh, my fandom is still relatively young, but I mean, Nick Chubb and Sony, yes, thrilling. I, I get it. Uh, Gurley, thrilling. I, I get it. But to have this kind of complexity on offense with the five stars stacked everywhere, man beasts on offensive line. Daniel, can you think of another offense that has been like this for you in your Georgia life? No, no, because there's not one. This is this is not the most talented offense that Georgia has ever had. This is the most talented roster that Georgia okay. has ever had. Yeah. There's no I mean to be determined about how all of these guys shake out 
But if you're just going to go on talent, uh, I don't I don't know who you're going to point to, what what roster you're going to point to that is so stacked and so deep with talent. Now, when you get into yeah, depth really helps you blow lesser right. teams out. Yeah, it's a good point. Depth does not exactly help you win against evenly matched teams as as readily. Now, I understand you wear teams down in the fourth quarter. I love Kirby's in his post game. Oh yeah, uh, he said, "The hotter it gets, the more our players love it. They just they love the heat. They want the heat." Give them the heat. I just, there's everything about this team. This is just such a different mindset than as a Georgia fan you're used to. This is a team that you don't, yeah, you don't worry about a sleepy noon kickoff, time change, uh, you know, lesser team sandwiched in between two conference road games. I wonder how they're going to come out. Just, I didn't even have a passing thought. No, that we again we we made it a lock that Georgia was going to cover thirty four points, and there was not very there was not a minute of that game that I thought I wonder if they're going to get that. I Daniel, wonder if, if they're going. They're just... If I said for the rest of the year right now, without seeing any lines week to week, if I said you got to bet money for Georgia to cover every line from here on out, how tempted would you be to take that? I would be tempted, but Vegas always catches up. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Vegas, Vegas will always catch up. I, I get, I get the house is going to get you. But if you were to tell me if I could win, you know, six of the rest of the games with Georgia covering whatever line Vegas comes out with, you know, this this week's line is already out at thirteen against me. Is it that? Is it out? It's out at thirteen. Gosh, we're about to get into a bona fide picks episode right here. Right here, but I, uh, well, really, I wanted to put that in there to say this. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say that this line is under two touchdowns? That's what I mean. Somebody said this Stop. offense is going to lose. I'm getting on the internet right now. I'm just I'm said, sorry. Hold the phone. Uh, I'm distracted. All right, podcast listeners. We'll, uh, we're going to take a break real quick. Before... No, we're not. Daniel's, Daniel's got to go make some money real quick. Daniel's making Yo. some money. Yeah, Yo, the line, line came out at 13. I mean, that, that that right there is ludicrous because I look at this offense and like I said, uh, last year I wasn't afraid of any offense coming against our defense. I'm not afraid against like, of any defense coming and stopping us to be one-dimensional. You know, last year it could have been said, stop the first down run, get them behind the chains, you might have a chance. And it was sometimes true. This year, w- go ahead, p- take your best star defensive guy, put him somewhere on the field, and who are you going to stop? Who are you going to choose? Take away, yeah. Take away who? You can't. Yeah. No, I uh, I agree with you. Um, uh, if you had to, if you had to name one uh, one area of concern oh, on the season. offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, let's do both. But let's start with the offensive side of the ball because we're here. We have just basically laid out why Georgia is unbeatable on the offensive side of the ball. If you had to name one area of concern. For Georgia on the offensive side of the ball, it would be what? Pass pro. Pass protection. Pass pro. I don't yeah. know. Hey, Pittman, I, I get it. You make some real angry guys want to go crush and pancake some other people. Mm-hmm. How come we can't put a left stiff arm and, and knock back a pass rushing D end? Why is that apparently not being taught? It 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 is definitely it is definitely a concern when you look at and it's it's a little nitpicky, but again yes. we're playing Middle Tennessee State. We we should be able to to drop back on our own goal line and yes. throw the ball. And uh, yeah, I mean you got a freshman left tackle over there that we were all ready to anoint the second coming of Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got flat out beat. He just got yep. destroyed around the edge. Um, but, but it's, I don't know. It's, it is a concern for me and it's a concern for me because, uh, 
because honestly, we're just that's from it does a lot of things really well, but he he, he he's got a little Aaron Murray in him, and and by that I mean he knows how to take a sack. And sometimes he knows he how to take a sack. He, he doesn't too have well. a miniature statue of Aaron Murray in his pocket. No, no, no. Okay. He, that's not what I mean by he's got a little Aaron Murray in him. Um, he might, to be fair, play be with fair. a miniature statue of Aaron Murray in his pocket. Aaron Murray wasn't that tall, if I remember. It could just be could be a life size. Could statue be Aaron Murray. Of, <laughs> of, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I I think Jake Fromm. Now, one thing that's really great, and not a huge detriment, he's not forcing balls into tight spots that he shouldn't be. He's taking the sack so that we can punt, live another day, uh, yeah. or make up the ground on another down. So I, I suppose you could play devil's advocate and say, no, 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 that's, I'd rather him do that. But not for the amount of time that he has, not for the receivers and the skill that he has. We need to be getting that ball out. Uh, so that's one yeah, concerning well, thing. What I we have. really need to be doing is protecting our quarterback. Right. Um, Giving so him yeah. more than 1.5 seconds would be ideal if we could, guys. Just a little little thought. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, just to piggyback off that. And Kirby, here's how I know it's okay to be a little concerned about the pass rush on the defensive side of the ball. If I can just jump over. To the defensive yeah. side of so the that, ball. That's your biggest concern on the D side. Yeah, I, I think it's everybody's biggest concern on the D side, right? Yeah. It's it's not right cornerback. That's not that's no one's biggest concern <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the pass rush. And here's how I know it's okay to be concerned about the pass rush, because Kirby Smart's getting a little testy <laughs> about when people ask him about the pass. He's getting a little chippy. Uh-huh. Uh that tells me Kirby's concerned about the pass rush and he's sick of reporters asking about it because yeah. he's ready to go yell at somebody about doing their job and he doesn't need a reporter to yell at them for him. He's going to take care of that. So to me Kirby is giving me, you know, you got it's a you need a sort of a Rosetta stone for Kirby. You got to oh. know how to interpret. We should do a whole segment on Kirby on like Kirby Kirby Rosetta Stone Kirby translation. <laughs> I like this it. is this is what Kirby says, and this is how it translates into English. And I, I feel like when Kirby gets real testy about something like that and starts coming back at reporters and yelling at them, it's uh, it's the opposite of yeah. what he's actually saying. It's actually an indication that there is probably something wrong. He already knows there's something wrong. He doesn't want to talk about what he already knows is wrong. Uh, he wants to go and coach his team because I'm right. not sure if you know this about Kirby, but he likes to coach. Man, there is not a second that guy is not coaching in life. I swear he's at the kitchen table correcting his son and daughter's fork placement on their hand eating dinner. That- yeah. There's never a time he's not. If coaching. you don't get the fort placement right, Clint, the peas are going to go everywhere. Everywhere they're going to go everywhere, and then it's chaos. And then yeah. all of a sudden, there's peas everywhere, and and everyone's counting on you. Then you you blown it. You blew it. Uh, yeah. Is Kirby Smart the best coach that you've had at UGA? Oh yeah, hands down, right? Yeah, I mean, let's not. Yeah, I mean, Vince Dooley certainly is a legend. Uh, And so far be it from me to say Kirby Smart is a better coach than Vince Dooley because Kirby Smart's in his third year of being a head coach. Yeah. He's got got a little ways to go. He can grow. But based on early indications – he just there's it's a different level with him, you know. He's he is he is so hands on, and yet seems to be for the most part pretty in control of the big picture, and yet is is so hands on, and yeah. just seems to run such a tight ship. It's so much fun to watch. It's so much fun to watch him uh, managing 
all the details of the game. All the details. My favorite. We, second half, we are crushing an inferior opponent. There's a somebody who's about to blow an assignment, and what does Kirby do? He calls a timeout, and he says, nope, I'm not, not letting today. this. Not today. And you could say, ah, come on, coach. Are you getting nitpicky? And he says, yes, I am. You're, you're damn right I'm getting nitpicky because I need to be, and it's my job. I love seeing that uh, aspect of Kirby. That's one area where I'm never going to feel inferior is preparation and game plan of a coach. Yeah. Uh, he's he's incredible. Scoreboard doesn't matter. Clint, no, so. it, it don't matter. We have a standard we play to. Daniel. Why would I coach any different when, when we're up by 40 as, well, as I do when we're down by 40? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excited about this coming week. Excited to um, get away from the cupcakes for a little bit. Excited to get into conference play. We got some. We got some big boy offense coming our way. We do. We do. We'll learn a little bit about. We'll learn a little bit more about our safeties. We are going to learn a little bit more about Tyson Campbell. Yes, we, we are, are going to learn a little bit more about our pass rush. Oh, this mm. this weekend. Um, so. It should be a lot of fun. We will obviously talk a bunch about the Missouri game on our Thursday episode. For now, though, Clint, let's um, uh, let's look ahead. Let's look forward mm. into the, the crystal ball. Yeah, get the um, crystal ball out, guys. Get the fog machine rolling. Some Michael Jackson thriller in the background. Is that your predicting music? Is that the music you listen to when you make predictions? Truthful. <laughs> <laughs> now that now that I now that I sit in that, that's very awkward predicting music. Seems odd, but super. I mean, super awkward. I've never heard of anyone having predicting music, but not. But now that I think of it, I'm all for it. All for I actually, it. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually ready. I need to go find my predicting song. So, uh, and um, again, let me let me have a have a mulligan on mine because i think i could do better than thriller yeah well it's fine i was gonna say let's cue up our predicting music but we can't afford the rights to play thriller mm-hmm. on the podcast so uh, i could we could have asher try to sing a few lyrics of it we we could and he knows the song well he's a big michael jackson fan um uh, but maybe we'll just go music free just for this one time okay all right um uh, clint we are we are uh, wait, men who will occasionally partake in the wager in a wager or two. If by occasionally uh, you mean on the daily, then yes. <laughs> um, there's a hotline. I feel like Clint, that you, <laughs> that you, our listeners are going to start tweeting us number the, just a one eight hundred number one eight hundred get help now. Uh, it's not like that, people. It's no, not, it's not. We don't. Ha- we don't have a problem. We could quit any time. Stop looking at me. We could quit any time. <laughs> That's okay. Daniel Go. and I, we, we hold each other accountable is what we do. Um. <laughs> yeah. Two addicts holding each other accountable. That's a, We have a great little system. That so we recipe out. for success right there. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, we're going to play a little over-under game. Okay. Okay. Uh, for our listeners who are maybe – not deep in the weeds. Uh, essentially, what, what's going to happen is we're going to give you a number, and uh, and then a, a category. And Clint and I will have to will have to predict, look forward into the future. These will all be season long statistical numbers for okay. Georgia, and uh, we'll look into the future and decide if if Georgia's if this particular player or team is going to come in over that number or under that number. Okay, you'll catch on. As we go, uh, these were all sent in by a listener, and so uh, let's get into them now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Over under 649 all purpose yards for James Cook over this season. Wow, over. over. I was let going me, to on. tell, let me let me say this again. Over, okay, we are. Uh, one quarter of the way through the season, Georgia fans just process and mourn with me. We oh. are one quarter of the way through with the college football season. Where's the time gone, people? I, <laughs> I, 
I can't. I, I can't. I don't. You guys don't understand. Most people. So if you if you don't know this about the Pacific Northwest, winter is nobody real dark. no nobody knows no, anything I, I about know. the Pacific Northwest. I, know. I got I got to educate y'all. I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying here. Uh, when it gets winter, it gets dark. It gets dark in a hurry. And there are times when you leave your house in the morning, you go to work, you come back, and you don't see the sun for weeks on end. Uh, and people get real depressive uh, during this time. Uh, I am the opposite. That's right. In the summer, I am a cranky old man, but come mm-hmm. fall and winter, I I am happy. Birds are chirping, even though they're frozen on the on the poles. I don't even care. Uh, I'm thrilled. So that is really that's sobering, Daniel. Full disclosure: I'm a cranky old man all the time, but uh, but less so during college football season. Yes. Uh, you want to take a guess how many all-purpose yards James Cook has right now? I'm just going rushing and receiving. I don't think he has any return yards anyway. No, uh, I can't. You want to take a guess? Returning. You want to take a guess how many all-purpose yards James Cook has right now? Mm, one ninety-five. It is one hundred and forty-nine. Mm. So we're a quarter of the way through the season. You multiply uh-huh. that times four, you end up with six hundred. All purpose, well, 596 all purpose yards, but you're going over 649. Over. Uh, There's going to come a point this season. I'm going to go under. There's going to come a point this season where everybody looks around and says, guys, why aren't we giving it to him every third play? There's going to come that point. Maybe, maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't right. think. I don't think so. I think James Cook is going to have to catch an eighty-yard screen pass in order to go over six hundred forty-nine uh, all-purpose yards. I think he's going to have to have a a, a monster play. All right. Um, next one, sixteen and a half is the number. Oh. And this is catches on the season for Demetrius Robertson. <laughs> uh, You're hesitating, Clint. This I'm hesitating. Is, this is an easy under. I, it's an easy under. I, I just, there are so many other guys that I think from trusts and that are on the field. I don't. Uh, yeah, it has to be under. It has to be. He's got zero so far. Yeah. He's got zero. Uh, over under three. <laughs> Demetrius Robertson's most receptions in a game this year. Oh, under. Yeah. I, so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're if, right. It's, if he's never going to catch three balls in a game. There's only he nine games left. He ain't getting to 16. He ain't getting to 17. Wow. Um. Yeah, Demetrius Robertson, guys. I don't. I don't. I don't really. I'm not worried about it. No. I don't care. I, but I don't care just, either how many catches he has because we is, got other guys. It is what but it is. That's so great. Um, all right, next one. Five and a half rushing touchdowns for Justin Fields. This Under. year. Under. He's already got Under. one. Yep. Um, You're saying under five and a half, though, for the year. Correct. Interesting. I say that's a pretty close number. I say it'll be in the five to six range. So I think it's right there. I think it's yeah. right. Yeah, this listener right did a great job with his numbers. Uh, Justin Fields, seven carries so far this year for 67 yards. Oh, and about five of those you wish he never had because uh, he well, took some thumps. Most most of those I wish he never had. Um, just just this is not on the over unders. How many yards per carry do you think Elijah Holyfield's averaging this year? Mm, uh, it had to be twenty uh, last game. Uh, I know. Um, gosh, he's got to be averaging. Seven point eight. Nine point one. Oh Elijah. He's got twenty two carries for two hundred yards. Oh that's so good. Oh that's um, so good. 
Tyler Simmons, meanwhile, has three carries, and he's averaging 26.7 yards per carry. There so you go. give it to Tyler Simmons. Mm-hmm. 87. 87 is open on the jet sweep. He can fly. Uh, two and a half return of any kind touchdowns for Meikle on the season. It's under. It's under, guys. It has Don't to get be too under. excited. It's just one. He did but the same was, thing. That was exciting, Daniel. It was, was and exciting. he almost had a second one. Yeah, he almost he had a second one in that game. But he did the same thing all year last year, and he never took one to the house. I would be shocked if he takes another one another to the house one. this yeah. year. And he's certainly not going to take two more to the house this year. I all can't. right. Um. All right, six and a half interceptions for DeAndre Baker. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to say this next statement only out of respect for DeAndre Baker and because of an error I made. I'm going to say over just to show you I, I have your I have respect for you, DeAndre. That that over is just me saying uh, I'm not worthy. I'm going Wayne's World right here. You so. you should. <laughs> I know. Because I know. what number could someone say right here that would make me want to take the under? This is, no, no. You ha- you had me at DeAndre Baker. There's yeah. just this dude is real now. Like this dude is, golly, he's pretty good at football. This uh, DeAndre Baker guy. Turns out, turns he out he is, does a really good job at eliminating a side of the field. Man, oh man. And people just keep throwing it over to that side of the field, Clint. Don't they? I felt, don't I, they I keep throwing so it over bad. there? I, what, I, I want to tell people, but I don't want to tell them at the same time nah. because because I don't. I mean, Campbell's Campbell's a good player, but I want to say, hey, you know, we got a we got a freshman over there, and we got a a preseason All American over there. You you know that, right? You they just oh, keep you throwing it over there. Okay, they just keep on. Debo Samuel's over there somewhere. He's going to catch <laughs> a ball one day. Debo Samuel's. He's, I don't know. If, Underrated All Star. Yeah, I don't know for, if you know that, Daniel. Yeah, for for Furman or one of those South Carolina schools. I can't remember something like that. I can't remember who. Which one? Citadel. It's, no, it's the Citadel. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> the Citadel. That's who we played week two. Uh, okay, next one. Um, one half of a game started for either Channing Tindall or Quay Walker. Over or under. Half a game started for either Channing Tindall or Quay Walker at middle linebacker. Either of those boys going to get a start this year? Hmm. No. Under. Yeah, I think it's a no, too. Um, I think there's a, there's a real good shot. One of those boys works their way... Mm-hmm. Into significant rotation by the end of the year, so I think there's a sh- the legitimate shot that that likely Tay Crowder gets replaced in the four man rotation yeah. by one of those guys because both those guys have speed like Crowder does. Um, they just got to learn and get their heads on right, but I don't think they're going to start. No. They're just there's just too much experience and they're not. I mean, and we're going into the toughest part of the schedule. We're going to SEC play, and you can't you can't have inexperience out there that much. It's uh, not. Yeah, they're clearly they don't they're not Tyson Campbell. No, where like they just they have to be on the field at all times. Yeah, uh, these are these are guys that are going to grow into a role. Yep. Um, a la, you know, William Poole, or yeah. or. or or Gibbs or somebody of that nature who's there. You're not going to see too much of them. I, I would no. not expect this year. Uh, 850 rushing yards for DeAndre Swift. Where's DeAndre is, Swift, Clint? Uh, are you asking me how many yards he's at right now? Or no, I'm just saying. Where is he at on the sideline? Where is he gone? Yeah, where, where, is, where he gone? is he Where did Kirby take him and stash where, him where and is hide he, him? Where has he placed him? Uh, <laughs> Is there uh, a that, bunker I don't know about? Yeah. The, it turns out the West End Zone revamp included <laughs> a tunnel, a teleportation tunnel right. from the sideline to right. some 
some third world country. Um, where DeAndre, knows Swift, where you're at. DeAndre Swift has 24 carries for 119 yards. He's averaging five yards a carry. Yep. Um, he's got two touchdowns on the year. Okay, he's tied for the team lead in rushing <clears throat> touchdowns. He yep. is averaging five yards a carry. Um, he has gotten more carries than anyone on the team. So mm-hmm. let's everybody calm down about DeAndre Swift. He's Elijah Holyfield. Good. Elijah Holyfield had a great game against a terrible defense. He did. Uh, Eight hundred and fifty rushing yards for the season for DeAndre Swift. So he has to get. I'm sorry. You said he has how many rushing yards? He's at he's at one nineteen. Okay. So he is still a full yeah seven hundred and forty away. Seven hundred and thirty away. Man. In nine games. Yeah. Give me over. You you take the over. Give me the over. I'm on I'm I'm still I'm still on DeAndre Swift. Okay. Nothing about this last game has scared me off DeAndre Swift. Oh I'm yeah, Nothing. no. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm still on Swift. I nothing just about wonder. the season has scared me off DeAndre Swift. We're so about nothing to about get... the the rotation, the looking at no, coach and decisions. De- nothing because if DeAndre Swift gets warm, they're gonna oh. they're gonna ride him. Yeah, just like they would Holyfield if okay. he gets warm. Just like and they you trust would... Swift getting warm, his skill coming out and just oh his skill is gonna come out. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Look out! Look out, Missouri. Let me just put oh. a pin. Let me just put a pin in that. Just look out, Missouri, because DeAndre Swift may have 150 yards against Missouri. DeAndre Swift's going to—he's going to make a couple of house calls this week. Okay, you, you can jot that down. And all of a sudden, that 850 rushing yards is not going to look that much. Yeah, gone in the blip. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I like the I'd, over. I'd lean. I'd lean over as well. Uh, I just I am worried about you know something some bug getting the ear of somebody about pitch count or something like that. I'm just I don't know about the rotation. Something about this rotation so far. Harian shown me a good deal of oh, skill. I love Harian. So Harian has my word. Thank you for whatever off season program you got yourself in because it's paying off and I love it. And Elijah, yeah. yep, Cook, yep. So, I don't know. I just think there's a lot, a lot to go around, but I'd lean over as well. Also, don't sleep on Kirby uh, and Jim Chaney probably trying to work a few kinks out of the offensive system in the first three weeks. But, you know, go back and look at that third quarter against uh, the Citadel. (laughs) <laughs> when uh, when we get a lead in the SEC, we're gonna just start. We're gonna start. We're gonna go full Georgia on them. You know, mm-hmm. like we're not gonna be we're not gonna be testing out all our shiny new wide receivers out there. We're gonna go no. full Ben Cleveland, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Uh, and there's gonna be some rushing yards accumulated by this backfield in some some three touchdown wins. For Georgia, so okay. Uh, that's all I got on the over unders. Um, so we will we'll check back in on a few of those numbers as we move because throughout the season. We've just given ourselves cannon fodder for what we're going to call next quality control. We need a little uh, quality control around here. We Clint. need we need we need an independent intern <laughs> to come on in and let us know lunacy that we've said and we've investigation just made, of sorts as investigation of sorts to say what what have uh what have you two been doing over here for a while who, who gave you this microphone and yeah, why who, and who why said this was a good idea yeah nope nah, nope. Yeah. nobody nobody said daniel and i are self-appointed and we don't That's care right. and you here can't we are. take away my microphone uh <laughs> so so daniel um I want to talk about maybe some great things we made predictions on and said, and maybe some whiffs, huge misses that we made, uh, and and we could go back and forth. But do you have anything that you feel great when you began the season? You made a prediction. You got into the old thriller crystal ball, and you said this is going to happen, and it's it's paying off so far. The old thriller crystal ball. <laughs> the old, golly. Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been a few things. Uh, would I have liked Matt Landers to have caught a touchdown pass already? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would have. I would have liked the, that. But, the stretch of the schedule that was needed was right there. It was but right guess the what? Picking. Tommy Bush ain't cracking that rotation either. And so we are Tommy all, Bush doesn't travel, which we is are a all, shame. We are all square on that. But there is a wide receiver, Clint, that you gave a lot of disrespect to at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I and I tr- and I tried to tell you that this little fella was not only going to play, but that he was going to get meaningful snaps and that he was going to catch balls this year. You did. And Akil Crumpton, come on down because for whatever reason this guy's on the team and he's he, I mean he's out there contributing. He's Damn, out there every- more than other wide receivers that yeah. I, that he's out there more than Jeremiah Holland. If uh, you were to snap count, I'm, a kill Crumpton's high, yeah, real real high. Every time he's out there, I think to myself, who who's that again? What? Who's twenty five? Who, who's no? I I don't remember him on the depth chart. I remember <laughs> saying him last year. A kill Crumpton is the guy that just won't go away. And good on you, Daniel, for spotting that diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. That's, you, that's true. I did, did great. I did get that right. I did get that right. I also, I also, I, just, I, I want to give myself a little bit of credit for, for the South Carolina. Just, you should. I, I feel like, um, Daniel, I feel you like, called that early on. It wasn't week of. It was early on. Yeah, there's just there's nothing about South Carolina that made me nervous. Now I get nervous before every game. In, in terms of, but even the week of South Carolina, even though I was nervous, I, I, I just, there was nothing about that game that made me think that Georgia wasn't going to dominate the way that they did. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll take a little credit for that. T- take some credit for that. I'm going to take, uh, I was asked at the beginning of the year, how excited are you for D-Rob coming in, transferring Mm-hmm. Uh, and hype, train, hype train was off the rails. On it D-Rob. was everywhere, talking about how he's going to be the next great SEC breakout and five star wide receiver. We finally coming got home. Our... Uh huh. Finally got our go to guy. Uh, Daniel D Rob is not catching balls. He is lining up against a small school, uh, mm-hmm. school of of small people, as Asher mm-hmm. would say, mm-hmm. miniature statuettes, and mm-hmm. uh, running. Uh, a straight line. Other than that, he's not doing much. Yep. He was he's right there. Snaps. He was right there in the end zone to congratulate Jason Stanley when Jason Stanley mm-hmm. caught a touchdown pass. Jason um, Stanley. Let that sink in real quick. Jason Stanley well, was not a heralded five star transfer. Look, I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not ready to write off D Rob or anything. No, no, no. But for sure I the hype around him I think especially you just gotta have the feeling that you know, he and Miko came out the same year, and they right. were they were the number one and number two athletes in the state of Georgia when they came out. Uh, you just kind of have a feeling that people, as the hype train was exploding around D. Rob, Miko's just kind of sl- just kind of <laughs> quietly sitting there yeah. smiling to himself, just because D. Rob ain't the only guy that's got some speed on this team. He ain't the only no. guy that can go out and catch a ball or two no. and make a guy miss. So uh, yeah, I. Uh, you could you should probably take some credit for I'm taking for, credit for that for slowing us down on that uh, hype on the hype train. I'm gonna take something else credit for because I think they easily lose three games, if not more. And that is the old Plainsman, Tiger, Flying oh Eagle, whatever oh you call yourself, over at Auburn. I said to begin the year, Auburn's not as good as I believe as it's the think. hippo hippogriffs. Is what they're going by these days. Yeah, that's what they uh, wanted to know. Yeah, Uh, Middle Tennessee took their mascot. Actually, it was trademarked by the time Auburn got there and (laughs) said, "Ah, can we get a tiger and an eagle together? Hippogriffs, the old hippogriffs of Auburn." Uh, I said to begin the year, I would not. I'm predicting three to four losses for them, and losing at home to LSU helps me on my case. I think they easily lose two more. If not three more, Auburn is uh, teetering on relevancy in the end of year ranking system right now. Let me let me ask you a quick question, Clint. Jared Stidham good at football? 
I want this to be broadcasted out to every writer possible. You get paid for your job to write about good quarterback play, and you guys were telling me Jared Stidham should be a top 10 NFL pick. He's going to be all everything across the board. I wouldn't trust Jared Stidham on any team I coached. He is awful at football, people. I wouldn't trust him to valet my car, much less lead my team down the field to score a touchdown. Nay, a- he he mm-mm. he's not he's not driving anything I have. He's not holding my water. He's not pouring my water as I sit at the restaurant. He's not doing anything. He's bad, people. And how yes. can you not see that he is bad at football? Jared Stidham's not good at football. Everybody, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's 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 real bad. Um. Now look, we've we've done a segment on this show a few times. Dumb stuff we read on the internet. Mm. Um, but but it might might be time to bring it home. It might we be time, might be we time should. to to look inward, to do some reflection, <laughs> to do some. Can we turn on some reflective thought thought provoking right. music? Reflective. Uh, Hold on. Let's let's get <laughs> let's get in the mood. Reflective uh, music. Let's do some dumb stuff that I said on this podcast. Oh, this is good. I'm so glad Daniel's going first. Thank you, Daniel, for taking this one. You may recall earlier in the podcast, I believe it was maybe episode four, episode episode five. Um, the question was asked, is DeAndre Baker a lockdown corner? Mm-hmm. You asked and- me first. By the way, you you posed this question to me, and I had I to did. answer first. I posed it to you because, and I even said this, because I was sick of hearing people say he's a lockdown corner. Because I said, and I quote, nah. <laughs> Come it's on. an extensive quote. De- DeAndre Baker, I'm sorry. I think, I I think just, we said... We said, no, there has been, when you say lockdown, there's been lockdown corner at Georgia, and we know Mm -hmm. who that is. If you're measuring him to that, DeAndre Baker is not. Uh, Daniel, I am right behind you in line. I am am trying to push you out of the way to quickly apologize to DeAndre Baker. We dead wrong about DeAndre. We are dead wrong. That guy, that guy's good. DeAndre, don't don't uh, don't come to my house and stop me from getting to my fridge. Just allow me to eat. Yeah. Don't take it out on me. If DeAndre or, doesn't want you to get to your fridge, you're not getting to your fridge. I'm not. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm 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 applying to his sensibility as a human yeah. right now because just, I can't do anything about it. No, just um, you, you may some non-Georgia related things. That I've said on the podcast, you may recall that um, I think I predicted USC to win 11 games this year. <laughs> you did, Daniel. You, you most certainly did. <laughs> oh. Southern California is a beautiful part of the country. Sure. Um, USC not good at football. Uh, <laughs> a stain on the good name of Southern California is currently they, Trojan football. Clay Helton is, uh, he's not a good football coach, I don't believe. Uh, yep. Uh, and that team looks lost. I watched a, the better part of that yeah. Texas, that USC-Texas game, and they they look like USC's bad. I'm USC's sorry. bad because Texas is bad. Because Tom Herman is more interested in extracurriculars with uh, recruits than he is coaching. Texas and is bad. USC just don't you got just their don't you just feel off. like there was a five five star guy who committed to Texas over the weekend? I don't know if you saw that. Don't you just feel like every time you see somebody commit to Texas, like, ooh, what did Tom Herman take you to do? Like, yeah. ooh, I don't yeah. feel great about I don't feel great about that situation. If I'm uh, your parent. That's not. <laughs> that doesn't. You're, hey, who who did you really connect with? Oh, Tom and I really connected. Like, oh. oh, oh, oh. Okay, oh. okay. Uh, who's who's your school counselor again? <laughs> Real quick, just you have one of those, don't you? Oh. Uh, Daniel. Likewise, I made a prediction at the beginning of the year. Uh, it was chalk prediction, 
you said, give me your top four playoff teams to begin the year. Oh, no. And number four, I included mm-hmm. the Badgers of Wisconsin, who just got beat by BYU. The Storm uh, and Mormons. Storm I mean... and Mormon came in and took you to task, Badger wow. Nation. You are, congratulations. Welcome to no longer being in the college football playoff conversation. It happened just like that, but uh, trust me, you're you're not there anymore. Look, I know Ohio State had a big win this weekend. Um, we'll get to the college football landscape in a bit, but can we just say now, how bad's the Big Ten, Clint? How- <laughs> uh, I. If the Pac-12 wasn't making a run for it with them, if they weren't being as awful as they are, I don't know what the Big Ten... I I have no idea what those teams are doing. Wisconsin, Michigan, what are you doing in life, guys? It's awful. It's awful. It is awful. They're bad. Pac-12 is right behind. Nipping at the heels is the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah, but... I mean the big. I mean Northwestern, mm-hmm. Purdue is zero and three. Michigan looked horrendous against a team that almost lost at home to Vandy. No, the Big Ten guys, the Big Ten. Uh, so we will have more things to say, I'm sure. As the wait a minute, Clint. On. Now I'm not sure about that. I don't. I know. I think we. That's probably all the dumb stuff that's that it. we're ever okay. going to say. We got it out of our system. We're perfect from yeah. here on out. I do as we'll I fine. say, not as I do. Uh, that's right. Um, uh, all right, we got a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes left. Um, it was a big weekend of college football. Like I said, we are a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, anything stand out to you, Clint, as you navigated through the slate of games on Saturday? Uh, so I am a, somebody who always finds the thing wrong with something and not the thing that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm that guy. So first of all, you sound hearing, like a real fun guy to hang out with. I'm a fun guy. Yeah, <laughs> people just are flocking to be my friend. Clearly, um, <laughs> applications are at a standstill at the front yeah. door. Uh, hey, Ohio State, congratulations, you won, but. But let me say this. You're not as good as you think you are. And national media, they're not as good as you think they are. Because that third quarter for TCU was one of the worst quarters of football ever. Not not college football. Not ever. I have never seen that many miscues by a team that just crapped the bed everywhere. Mm. TCU gift wrap that game again ohio state good did go out and win they, they had some impressive plays good players but no 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 that game that, should have that game should have been tcu's for the taking that tcu quarterback at one point was just receiving snaps and holding the ball out in front of him and saying somebody please take this and run it into the end zone. just please no, no. somebody come uh i it brings to mind another third quarter that i saw <laughs> in a game Earlier this year, Clint, week two, Mm -hmm. I believe it was, a -hmm. game that um, some national media looked at the halftime score and decided was a close game, was an evenly matched game, were some words that I read. Yep. Uh, And then there was a third quarter where a team just went out and steamrolled another team. That was... Yeah, good old old Kentucky Fried Rooster just couldn't stand Speaking of not pretty, uh, and speaking of the SEC and not pretty, let me get real for a second here. Uh, oh. Arkansas oh. is the is the worst team in the history of the Southeastern Conference. I'm going to say it right now. The worst team in the history of the Southeastern Conference. Challenge him, people. Tell him he's wrong because he's not. Uh, Arkansas lost this weekend. Maybe you will be surprised to Daniel, learn. Daniel, who, who that that was a, that was probably a, a rivalry game of sorts, right? Maybe it was a, mm-hmm. maybe it was somebody like Old Miss 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was somebody like uh, Florida mm-hmm. came into town or something like that. Clearly, that would have been a tough loss, right? No, no, it was not. Um, it was not a SEC game. Um, it was um, a game against a school from Texas. Okay. So um, maybe you would maybe maybe A and M you would think or sure uh, maybe even Texas Tech. No, it was uh, North Texas. It was the Oh, I'm I'm sorry, North <laughs> Texas. It was North Texas. The most embarrassing thing about this game is that um that are, they had that fake punt run oh, or that man. not a fake punt, the the fake no. out, the fake fair catch. North non Texas fair caught. catch. Right, right. They just what they did was they received the ball and, and then they, they stood ran. there for a second. And then they ran into the end zone. That's right. called a punt return for a touchdown. I don't know what that's that, what it's that's, called. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, haven't seen this video, go see it. It's fantastic. It's the greatest thing you'll ever watch. Uh, but uh, they, no, they, they got blown out in the game. That's the thing, Clint. It's not forty-four to seventeen. They lost to North Texas. Um, it. They beat Eastern Illinois in the in oh. week one of the oh. college football season. Eastern uh, Illinois, the, the powerhouse Eastern. Eastern Illinois. Okay, that's not an F. That's not an uh, an mm. FBS team. That's got to be like a group of five teams, <laughs> though, right? Surely, no, no, no. That's an FCS opponent. Ah. That's that's not uh, a team. Uh, they have one non-conference game left. That's against Tulsa. They're going to lose by three touchdowns or more to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, they lost by more than three touchdowns to North Texas. Uh, they're not going to win a single SEC game. This team is going to go 1-11. and And their one yes. win is going to come against Eastern Illinois, an FCS team. Now, I have done some rudimentary research. In 1999, uh-huh. L- Lou Holtz's first season at South Carolina. South Carolina went 0 and 11. Ooh, ooh! <laughs> just, just take that in ooh. for a second. That what is? By the way, what is with uh, South Carolina taking coaches who are in the twilight of their career? <laughs> And expecting them to have national title aspirations. It's, you, it's a thing they do. If you forgot Lou Holtz coached at South Carolina, just do yourself a favor and just remember that. Let that soak in to your system. Um, uh, l- let me just give you one quick fact about the 1999 South Carolina squad. I'm excited. That went 0-11. They came into the season with 10 straight losses. <laughs> they left that season with 21 straight losses. <laughs> you know yeah. what? That's that's unbelievable. That's a rough stretch of football. There has that that is the only SEC team in the history of the SEC to lose not, 11 games. Well, Arkansas, suey up. Arkansas is about to go 1 and 11 and their only one win is going to come versus a non FBS team which technically doesn't even count as a win so that's basically no. 0 and 11. That's, that is You're basically Lou Holtz, Chad Morris. Just wow. just own it. Just own it. Ooh. Get you some Coke bottles and own <laughs> own that bad boy. Um that's fantastic. Uh Daniel something else that t- let's let's keep on the the gross Expressway. Okay. I want to talk about two other teams. Uh, Florida State Seminoles and fans of Florida State Seminoles, you have a moral obligation (laughs) right here, right now, to demand Willie Taggart's job. (laughs) Francois stayed in the entire game. That's the thing. That's the thing. Batting hands away from offensive linemen trying to pick him up. And saying, I don't want you, I don't want to be here anyway. Uh, NFL player just walked out on halftime during a game today. He just took off his pads and walked out midway of the Buffalo Bills game and said, I retire. I'm done. Uh, Francois should have done the same thing at halftime and done Willie Taggart and Seminole Nation a favor. But he didn't 
and Taggart let him play. Yeah, see, that's the thing is I feel like I've seen some articles from some FSU people about how this is Jimbo Fisher's mess and no. which is that's fine. Look, I'm sure it is. I'm sure Jimbo Fisher left a big mess. But Jimbo Fisher ain't making the decision to keep Blackman on the bench while while Francois comes in series after series and is terrible. He's not the one making the decision that before halftime to drive down the field not call a timeout, Goodness. not call a play to the sideline, and let the clock run out before you can kick a field goal when you're in field goal range. He, he's not there fantastic. making that call. FSU article. What? No, it's not Jimbo yes. Fisher's fault for this. It is Willie Taggart, and the fact that he is still there is earth-shattering to me. I, I'm sorry. I know it's three games, and I know you're like, whoa, overreaction theater. No, people. No. This Florida, is, State, Florida State's real bad. Uh, they, they and my bad. last, my last team. This is uh, UCLA. Oh, uh, did you lost, UCLA? Did they play this weekend? Uh, talking about new coaches in new places. Mm-hmm. Willie Taggart, epic failure. Herm mm-hmm. Edwards turns out. I'll give you a little bit more space. Mm-hmm. You can do you. I don't even care about the San Diego State yeah. loss. Chad Morris. Good. Chad Morris though. Chad Morris, get out of here. Uh, Chip Kelly, UCLA. Got drummed, not great by the by the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. but it turns out not not the Bulldogs, not, a, a small, not group. even the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Not nope, nope. Keep going down the pecking order there. Yeah, we're talking about the Great Central Valley Fresno State Bulldogs. Yowzers, Fresno State. Wow, Chip, uh, Chip, Chip Kelly, you, zero and three. Oh, and three. Uh, and my last my last question, I posed this question to Daniel during the game, watching LSU and Auburn, and I said, Daniel, which team right now, it was midway, maybe it was the third quarter, mm-hmm. I said, Daniel, right now, which team, are, or who are you afraid of most, is what I said, right now. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, your response was? Uh, injuries. Injuries. When I and look I at s- LSU and Auburn... The thing that scares me most about playing though either of those two teams is an injury to Georgia because there's nobody on either of those teams that scares me one bit. Not, Look, no, I know not Florida, I know Auburn's got a, an elite defensive line. That, that's fine. I'm sure. Not, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. LSU's got a cornerback and his name's Greedy because his mother uh-huh. doesn't love him. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not. I don't care. I'm not. I'm not concerned. One with. I mean, Joe Burrow's went to the uh, Urban Meyer School of Offense. That's fine. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't. There's just nothing about these teams that scares me. I'm just not now, watching that game. I came away not scared of the coach because there was a third and seven game on the line that LSU needed a first down. And good old coach, oh, uh, called a QB keep left is the best I can call this play. Uh, yeah, I don't it know was what ju- else it was it. just QB put your head down and fall forward from the uh, shotgun on yes. third and seven. Yes, that was basically the play. And I said to myself, "Okay, All right. we okay? Okay." Uh, that is your that is your landscape of of national football news. Also shout out to Vandy real quick. Good on you, Vandy. Man, what a game. Good on you. What a game that Vandy Notre Dame game was. If I was pulling for Vandy big time. Uh couldn't quite pull it out. Um but Kyle Schirmer's Kyle Schirmer's pretty good. He's, He's good. pretty good. He's pretty good quarterback. Give uh, I'd take him just, ahead of Stidham. Oh, I was just about to ask you who who you want who you want at quarterback, Kyle Schirmer or Jared Stidham. It's not even close, uh, guys. Not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. Uh, all right, that will about do it for us today. As always, we greatly appreciate you following along with us. Uh, thanks for subscribing, for leaving us a rating, for leaving us a review. Thanks for sharing us with your friends. We will be back again on. Thursday for our weekly college football locks episode. We did better this week, Daniel. We, we made did. some money this week. 
We we did. We finally got on the on the plus the plus side. The the Locks Corporation is is off and running. I feel like now. So yep. if you're ready to jump on, just as things are starting to gain momentum, this is the time. Uh, jump on board. Let's all let's all make some money together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that being said, we will talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a great week. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.